Welcome to the Young Crones Cafe, where you can get a magic brew full of all sorts of information, both witchy and practical. Grab a cup of coffee and join us. I'm Elizabeth, a wordsmith. And I'm Dave, a modern-day sage. We are going to talk about various witchcraft and life topics from a slightly more mature perspective, at least most of the time. Thanks for joining us. Today's metaphysical kernel of thought is great work. This term comes from the medieval text Magnum Opus, literally great work, associated with the spiritual transformation, which was the ultimate goal of medieval alchemy. On the path, we relate it to the personal purpose of each of our spiritual practices. We work to integrate the practice of witchcraft and the use of magic into our daily mundane lives. We seek connections with our own internal spark of the divine, which enhances our awareness of and enhances our limited understanding of the external divine of the universe. Gaining knowledge of the practices of witchcraft and magic is only the beginning. It is up to each of us to take the steps necessary to use them in ways that personally match our own beliefs, morals, and ethics. We each define our great work as walking our spiritual path with purpose. Believing that each of us has gifts we can utilize as part of both the mundane and the magical, finding and developing these gifts is only the beginning of our personal great work. These gifts allow us to make changes within ourselves and our world around us in whatever forms we can. Creating our individual great works is a lifelong process, and what we may have considered appropriate when we were younger may or may not continue to be the work we are meant to continue on with. We believe this is living our best lives experiencing it on all the levels of body, mind, and spirit to continue to grow and develop spiritually. In essence, our great work is what motivates each of us to continue on the path and to constantly question our personal beliefs and practices to ensure that what we continue to create for rituals and spells is what will benefit our growth the most. Hi, Elizabeth. Hi, Dave. Now we're going to talk about the great work with a capital G and capital W. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and and uh, uh, most of the most of the folks listening will know that this is a very, very special topic to me, simply because the fact that I am sitting in this chair, on this podcast, and as part of this organization, is directly a result of Sue's great work becoming my great work. So yeah, th- this should be a fun conversation. I think so. I mean, the, the the term kind of comes from a medieval alchemical text where the great work was to, you know, the goal of alchemists, regardless of the whole conversation of turning raw metal into gold, which was one of their goals, a lot of it was kind of a cover in a way for spiritual transformation for a lot of people as well. Transmutation. Absolutely. Yeah. They were creationists that needed a cover story. Absolutely. Exactly. So this was their great work. Well, I I thought it was interesting in the reading that great work translates to magnum opus because there's a song called magnum opus by Kansas. That is probably one of my, you know, top five, Desert Island, I Can't Live Without This Song song. So it's just so befitting that I know now that their their song was named The Great Work. Which is always fun. I also know that song. It's not one of my top five, but it's right up there. Like but, the whole, but the whole idea of your great work is what creates your individual spiritual 
growth, you know, growth as you walk the path, as you learn about witchcraft and start writing ritual and doing magic and all those other pieces, you kind of figure out, for want of a better word, what your individual purpose is spiritually. Sure, and, sure, absolutely. Um, I, I was going to point out just at the beginning of the the discussion because it's a common thing that I've run into and, and other people might share this. I had sort of crossed or confused or blended the the concept of great work with the concept of life's work mm-hmm. um, in that I am trying to carry on this mission that was something that Sue declared to be her great work but in this context what she meant was her life's work i need to carry this legacy on the great work that susie was doing was the 10 15 20 years of practice and discussion with elizabeth and all of those things to be able to formulate her way onto the path so her great work was learning how to be able to deliver her life's work and my life's work is being able to carry on her great work, if that makes sense. It does, actually, because if for us in a lot of ways, our individual great work is what has allowed us to create the tradition, which is a collective great work, I guess, maybe is the best way to describe it. Absolutely. Yeah. It, it was at one point a discussion between four or five individuals. And then it was just you and, and Susie for a long time. And, you know, I was, I was talking to a customer about this today and 99% of the conversations that you and Susie had through the years, I was in the background someplace by proximity mm-hmm. and I was never listening. But today when I pulled out the witch card, witchstone cards, what I realized is even though I wasn't listening i was hearing and so i have sort of spent the last few years absorbing all of these discussions and i think that's why it's coming so naturally to me that my great work is the work that i do with and on dave every day Mm -hmm. so that the the dave that i'm putting out there can help the world be a better place i think so my life's work is to share all of this with every person that will listen. I think so. I think that's my life's work, too. I think part of my individual great work has been developing my ability to use words effect- more effectively over the years, if that makes any sense, because a big part of the tradition for me is communicating about this stuff. Well, and I have... In the background here again, I have watched you in some small way evolve from being a storyteller to a writer. Thank you. And, and what, I, what I mean by that is you have always had great stories and great concept and great wisdom. But after writing two or three books and managing all of the work that, that you and Susie got down that's still yet to come, you have become an expert at being able to tell the story and deliver it in a way where people are able to understand it. There are things that you have written that I have emotional responses to, and that is good writing. Thank you. I like to think that. 
I, in some small way, were the, the words I write allow people to think. I think that's, that to me is a way for them to stretch and grow on their individual great work is being exposed to the path and having those aha moments, like you said, or the ability to pick it apart and say, okay, this makes sense to me, this doesn't, and this is why. And if you can't effectively explain it, then why are you doing it? <laughs> right, right. And that's and that's what I'm saying. What I'm saying is what I've observed is the evolution of Elizabeth and her great work has been to become a, a real master of your art. You know, I'm a, I'm a musician. I, I, I'll use my context, mm-hmm. but, but you could now tell any story that someone gave you to people in such a way that it would, as you quoted, allow them to think. Um, mm-hmm. You give people an opportunity to be able to look at themselves from a different perspective or different pair of eyes too. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there are times that me coming from an outside circumstance and coming from solitary and, and shamanic Wicca, that there have been times when I've wondered, you know, am I doing the right thing or doing the wrong thing as far as how this is going to meld in with what you and Susie have done. And I can use the path and actually use the text and look at it like any other study manual, so to speak and look at myself and my own behavior from the perspective of the path. Mm -hmm. And it gives me a clearer and better picture when I can acknowledge my practice and look at my practice and actually see myself from that perspective. It gives me so much more opportunity to grow, which here again, our our collective combined great work when we all sat down years ago with this was to be able to help other people grow, to be able to see and feel and think and live the way that we do. Mm-hmm. In an individual way, because we are at, at, at heart rabid individualists. Well, that's that's exactly what I mean. Yeah, yeah. I. if anything, I would have to say that I could consider this a cult of Dave or a cult of me. And I hope that every single person can see that, you know, the path is yours. Mm-hmm. That's the whole point. We may walk next to each other or with other people at times or walk by ourselves at times, as long as we're walking. Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's the important piece is the moving forward and the ability to laugh at ourselves when we fuck it up. Sure. Because one of the greatest gifts that Sue and I gave each other was permission to say, this is not working. Well, in the very beginning, one of the early concepts that I saw Susie do as a doodle or artwork was was the concept that you two had decided on with the whole thing with mirth and reverence. Mm -hmm. She had that written in a thing and in a frame for the longest time. And mirth and reverence not only both there but in that order be be playful be fun mm-hmm. and 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 feel the religiosity of the moment in ritual when you want to or be able to call on that yeah exactly i think that's it, it, it all it, like i said it, 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 if we keep circling around it all comes down to balance 
Yeah. You know, in, in figuring out what's best for us, because there are times when I would love to be able to do, you know, these long, complicated, involved rituals, because they're fun at times, and they're serious at times, and they mean something all the time. But I also have to recognize that the mundane world gets in the way. And I've got five minutes and I can light a candle in the morning and set my intent for the day some days. That's just as real and just as valid as that three-hour extravaganza that I have living in the back of my head, too. Sure. And at its very root and core, I can identify all five elements within my own body, within my cellular structure. Mm -hmm. So you were talking about sometimes we need that three-hour wonderful ritual. What I want to remind myself when I hear that is with all five elements within me as a human being, I can take one breath, one good inhale and one exhale, and I literally have performed ritual. And, yeah. I've, and I've been able recently to just do that with, you know, a couple spritzes of my magic spray and a couple of deep breaths. And I am completely fresh and present here again. And that has been part of the progress of my great work on Dave and part of my journey along the path is to recognize that I can do that. Um, I'm still having a blast with a penny in my shoe. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It is literally part of my path. And there's at least once or twice a day that I actually take the penny out of my shoe and talk to someone, you know, at the store or whatever um, about what I'm trying to accomplish with it. And I get, I get great, great feedback and great conversation out of it. Well, that's perfect. That's the whole point of those little things is that I think one of the things Sue and I recognized after a while, even though we have this tradition, is that it's up to you to figure out what motivates you to get up and grow spiritually. Yeah. It doesn't have to be the big and complicated. It can be something as simple as a penny or taking a deep breath, or taking two minutes to go outside and see if the moon has appeared from out of the clouds of February this month, you know. Sure, yeah, but but as part, of, as part of the discussion, you know, I'm wondering as part of my own great work, I've always been a musician, and I'm I'm wondering if there's magic in my music that I could use, you know, I know we have like music therapy and stuff like that, but mm -hmm. I wonder if that's another thing that I might be able to uncover as part of my path. Quite possibly. The thing is you're, you're willing to explore the possibilities. Well, and for me, I know there's energy there because it's the same energy feedback that I get from someone when I'm doing a reading for them. Same. Or, uh, you know, the same the same feedback usually that what I get when, uh, you know, I talk about the podcast and whatnot. Mm -hmm. um, there is energy and power in those words. And this just seems to be the focus of my path right now is all verbal. But I wonder if there isn't a musical component or something like that that I could add. I'm sure there probably is now that you've thought, now that you've said it out loud. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so when I used to joke that Shh, don't say it so loud because the universe will will give you a way to figure that out. 
Well, and it's funny, I was talking about the penny because literally tonight walking in the, the wind over the Ford Street Bridge, I had that penny moving and I was using my mantra of, you know, one foot in the magic, one in the mundane, one in the spiritual, one in the physical. Mm-hmm. And I, and I was chanting that on my way across the bridge. Oh, so I have to say that I'm living it. Yeah. See, this is it. And I think that's the biggest part. For anybody, and for those of us on the path, is we made that commitment. Sue and I did that we were going to figure this out, and we yeah. lived that way together for a long time. You were, as you said, listening to all those discussions, and some of them got pretty lively. Sure, <laughs> you know where we're spilling words or we're agreeing to disagree, and then we realized that we're actually talking about the same thing. We're just using different words. And that's absolutely, that has been the the entire journey from the two of you was trying to find a way to communicate it in a way that both of you were able to be comfortable and be understood. Yeah, exactly. And I think that was where I first started honing my writing craft. Sure. Absolutely. All those discussions with Sue, because I had to be clear and I had to be precise and I had to say exactly what I meant and made sure that we were talking about the same word at the same time. If you read any of my writings, you'll find that I will often start a discussion about something with a definition because that's the definition I'm using. Well, and and from from my point of view, that's good information design or that's just really good uh, written communication. Well, to me, it's what's the point if I'm talking about X and you think I'm talking about Y? Sure. You're not going to hear a damn thing I have to say. Have a common context. Common context, exactly. Which As above, so below. Yes. But yeah, well, that too, yes. <laughs> Always as above, so below. You know, but I find it I find it fascinating that you get such an emotional response to what is a nonfiction work. In essence. Yeah, I hadn't thought about it in that way, but you're right. It's not often that nonfiction has me have those vis- visceral, um, I don't know, now that I'm thinking about it, though, very, very water, very feminine, abstract kind of things. Receptive. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Receptive. It's not, we're not just a bunch of women over here in our corner. You know. No, you're, you're, you're absolutely right. Yeah. That's a cultural response. Well, but I'm actually putting it back on the context of what I was talking about with myself and, you know, what aspects of, of my practices right now have been active or passive or projective or receptive mm-hmm. um, as a way to look at how I'm moving along with my great work. Yeah. I mean, I know with what I learned and the love that I was given from Sue, I have grown more in the last year or two between taking care of her and, and now um, taking care of her spirit. I have become so much more of a human being than I was just two years ago. And I have spent a year and a half of that discussing and talking about the past. So there might (laughs) just be a connection there. Um, I would also have to say that at the same time, I I was given some great opportunity at work 
um, once I came through some tough spots, and uh, I'm very grateful for what I'm able to do. I think so. And I think by talking about what Sue and I were so involved with, I think you, you've been able to open up and see why we value what we do. Absolutely. And, and, and now that I'm learning more and more about the path, um, uh, just for our for our club members and listeners or whatnot, Elizabeth and I just completed an entire year of doing each of the times of ritual ingress, congress, egress. So mm -hmm. we have done, and I kept a notebook, so I've gotten all the way through a year, and it's the first time that Elizabeth and I have gone through this entire seasonal cycle um, since Sue's been gone. So mm -hmm. uh, we're, we're, we're feeling very, very connected and very um, almost Coven-esque for a couple of solitaries <laughs> that are walking. I mean, we're walking a parallel path right now, and it's, it's very, very close. Yeah, I think so. And, and I, think, I think what I like, too, about the path is we don't particularly tell people what to do. You no, know, you're 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 on a path. We don't know what's two steps <laughs> no. ahead of us. Yeah, um, I mean, I don't know sometimes where my next two steps are going. So who am I to tell you what to do? Um, they're again taking it back to mindfulness and and mm -hmm. that kind of aspect. With you know, pay attention to the step you're making. Don't don't be yeah. thinking too many steps ahead. <laughs> they're in life disaster. Well, yeah. <laughs> Let's be honest. You know. But but I'm hoping that anybody who's been listening to us or who has read some of our stuff recognizes that we're very careful to make sure that you know that this is our opinions and our perspectives and our shit. Yeah, <laughs> and if yeah you absolutely. Agree, I, right. I don't yeah. have any interest in followers. I have interest in, in other awesome human beings. Yeah, exactly. You know, and, and we're not going to tell you how this works because you have to figure that part out because that's the individual part of your great work more than anything else is figuring out what works for you, how you want to use it or not as the case may be. And, and I, I need to interject here because I love that you started with what works for you and, and whatnot. At the end of the day, what you need to keep and what you can simply let go of and leave in that river that we were talking about, you know, a couple of episodes ago. Yeah. Um, that has been such a huge part of my experience on the path is I'm able to, at the end of the day, just say, all right, it may have been the worst day I've had in the last few few years. It may be a great day. It may be an average day, but it's done. And tomorrow when I wake up, I get to figure out who I'm going to be. Fortunately, I don't have to relearn to do things like drink, drink or breathe, drink coffee or breathe. Mm -hmm. uh, but I do get a moment every morning when I see the sun where I get an opportunity to say, what is this next step? What am I going to do with this day? Mm -hmm. What am I going to try to give away or teach or spread? Because if I think about that during or at the beginning of my day, I can be mindfully intentioned all day long. Mm -hmm. 
And in essence, you're setting your intent for the day right at the beginning. Right, right. When- I mean, this morning, I picked a particular topic that I was going to, okay, this this might come as a surprise to you, but I'm a bit of a talker. Um, oh, no. <laughs> you know what? This kind of silent type. So, and and for those folks that listen that are also customers of mine, yeah, sometimes I'm a little hard to take, but I start my morning with I'm going to talk to people about this, and I will try to engage customers in discussion about that particular topic because I find I can focus on one loving thing or one compassionate thing or one inclusive thing and have that be my topic of the day, almost like the T-shirts that I wear. And here, going back to our main topic, this path that I am walking right now is my great work. My my great work wasn't software engineering. I loved going to college for the computer science degree. It was fascinating. I got into a software engineering job and immediately learned that while I love learning about software engineering, I cannot live in that environment. And I was so far from my path. And Susie helped me see to make some changes and... Now where I am a mere two or three years later tells me that the path that I am walking today and every day I get to pick that next step is the right path for me. Mm -hmm. So I am aligned with or manifesting or creating my great work each and every day when I wake up. Okay. Well, I mean, if you think about it, you are also allowed to change years. In that, sure. you know, and pick a whole new path because sometimes we figure out we took a detour. Yep. Your software engineering, though, has come in good stead because you keep my computer up and running. So well, I, like, you, you run our website. I did say yeah. I'm not still a geek, okay? No, I, that wasn't <laughs> what I was implying, but you have taken that knowledge in an entirely different direction. It's, I mean, when you think about, Michael, well, I like to, I like to think of myself idea. as a cool nerd now. Oh, there you go. I mean, <laughs> you're talking to someone who spent years doing accounting. Right. Decided once your kids were grown and I didn't have to feed them anymore. I'm be a writer. No, that there was a detour there. Don't forget the substance abuse mental health counseling piece. Well, that's right. That, yep. You know that I was working towards, and now I'm a. I've always been a full time grandmother, but now I am. Raising teenagers at an age where I shouldn't be raising teenagers. And you, you are a counselor. It's just that the focus of your path and your great work right now is that your clientele is all of your family and your clan. And there's nothing wrong with that. Well, no, I'm not saying there isn't, but, but also don't don't imply that I am counseling them in the sense of counseling. No, no that is not my job. My job is, you know, some days it's, do you have your backpack with you when you're leaving out the door for the bus? Because I'm not bringing it later, <laughs> you know. But you got to let them walk their own path. Yeah, exactly. And, and my job is to make sure that when they're younger like that, that they're not liable to fall in the gorge. 
as it were. You know, when they're when they're dancing on the head of a pin, like the fool tarot card, you can see him get ready to walk off that cliff. My job is to make sure there's a mattress at the bottom, but not to, to, to keep them from going but, over the edge. But but let them take that step. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah, exactly. And that 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 sometimes that takes some tongue biting because let's be honest we have thought and done more stuff than they've ever dreamed of at that age <laughs> you know what i mean right. <laughs> we're looking at it from the adult perspective going you really don't want to do that but we did the same thing at that age yep. and we learned from it so hopefully they're they are too on their path you know yep. i just I'm hoping that it diverges a little bit for mine eventually, so the clan shrinks for day-to-day interactions. How's that? <laughs> you know? uh, no, I, it makes it sound like it's horrible, and it's not because I adore them all, and you know that. You know, and I would go to the mat for each and every one of them, even when they're making me the craziest they possibly can. Anybody want a fourteen-year-old? And it is, it is a part of your great work. Yeah, it is. Absolutely. You know, it is. And and I think I think we need to differentiate, like you said, between life work and great work. Yeah. I think that's the big piece. For me, the great work is all about my spiritual practice and my individual growth. And my great work, hopefully, is enhancing my life work. Right. And I think that's a good place to stop that recording before we go down another rabbit hole. Oh, good catch. Witch stones are a divination tool we created as part of our practice that deals with what we call concrete stones, specific types and kinds of energy, and conceptual stones, things and ideas about witchcraft, which can be read with either a seen or an unseen meaning. Recently, we have developed a set of oracle cards using this information. We would like to introduce you to one of these stones right now. In today's Witchstone Spotlight, we'll be looking at the stone card for Spiderweb. Concept stones focus on an aspect of the craft rather than a specific physical energy. The Spiderweb is the eighth of eight mental concept stones that relate to the energy of thoughts or processes. It displays a pictograph of a gray and black spider web surrounded by a gray and red border. The border being split, gray over red, tells us that this is a concept card. The border being gray over red, or water over fire, tells us that this card represents a physical concept. A web spun by a spider is a natural marvel of engineering. When you come across one shining with the morning dew, you can easily see how all the filaments connect together for a specific purpose. For those of us on the path, it can serve as a reminder of what is often termed the web of weird. Those connections between past, present, and future, which were spun by the three fates of Norse traditions. There are those who believe in the concept of fate as absolute, There is no changing it, and they are stuck with their lot in life. We, on the other hand, are aware that certain parts of our lives are fated and cannot be changed. We all have a specific number of life days, and certain physical characteristics 
such as height or curly hair that cannot be altered as they were determined before we were born. However, we also know that the past, which cannot be changed, has led to who we are right now in the present. And what we do now can change what our potential future can be. It is only when we do nothing that our future becomes fated rather than a potential fate. With its association of the acceptance of the nature of fate, the energy of the stone is receptive. The nature of fate is both static and changing at the same time, so it may feel different depending upon circumstances. Because it is receptive, the energy is associated with the dark half of the year. The spider web stone card is associated with the dark or new moon. The spider web represents creativity and inspiration when reflecting on the element of fire. The spider web represents flow of actions when reflecting on the element of water. The spider web represents acceptance to change when reflecting on actions to results. In a witch stone reading, the scene energy for the spider web card is fate, connecting, and a higher plan. Fate may mean to look at where we are headed on our path and make the changes now that are needed to create the future that we want. Connecting may mean, need, may mean you need to reach out to some like-minded people for support at this time. The web connects itself one connection at a time. A higher plan is a reminder that there are futures that show up for you when you least expect them and are usually better than your wildest dreams if you're just willing to reach out and grab them. The unseen energy of the spider web card in a reading is fate, fighting the current, and entanglements. Fate may mean that unexpected consequences show up now as a result of past choices, but these can be used to alter your future with deliberate choices and focused intent. Fighting the current may mean you are trying to change what you have no control over which is other people, places, and things. You may need to stop fighting and focus on what you can change in yourself. And entanglements may mean that you're caught up in useless patterns of behavior or relationships that are keeping you from reaching your full potential. We have heard from some of our listeners who appreciate what we are talking about in our segments but are asking for spells or about spells. Can you give me a spell for this or that? I want to be able to fill in the blank here, find love, romance, money, etc. Since you asked, we are adding a small segment to some of our podcasts going forward that we are calling Practical Magic for the Everyday Witch. These are simple spells we use that don't require a lot of ingredients for correspondences or sometimes no ingredients at all. Because we like to be able to use magic to deal with the practical everyday stuff, this is what we have to share. 
However, the biggest reminder about spellcraft is that the best spells are the ones you create for yourself because they are a part of your own magic. Actually, there are three important components to any spell. Number one is setting your intent. This means that you need to be able to state clearly and precisely what you want your spell to do and how you want it to be done. Number two is ingredients. Any physical items you need to cast your spell, such as candles or herbs, or to act as correspondences, which are representations of something physical that you don't have right in front of you or are trying to come up with or manifest. Finally, number three is some sort of way to raise energy. After all, all spells are powered by energy, and there are a number of different ways to raise this type of energy, including chanting or various movements. Here's a simple spell that we choose to call stirring your coffee. There are times when we can all use a quick way to draw something to us or push something away for us, at least for a little bit. Using your morning cup of coffee or whatever other drink you usually have can be a way to generate this type of action. Every spell needs an intent. If you are drawing something to you, your intent could be something like today I draw, fill in the blank to me, or if you're trying to get rid of something or push it away, today I push, fill in the blank here, whatever it is away from me. Simple ingredients for this spell, a cup of coffee and a spoon for stirring. Now, there are two different spell chants depending on whether you are drawing something to you or pushing something away. If you're drawing something to you, chant, draw to me, draw to me, draw to me, as I will, so mote it be. And if you're trying to push something away from you, chant, gone from me, gone from me, gone from me, as I will, so mote it be. The steps for completing the spell are really simple. Sit down in front of you with that cup of coffee and your spoon. Pick up your spoon and state your intent. Now stir your coffee while repeating this chant at least three times. It's important to remember, if you want to draw something to you, stir your drink clockwise. And if you want to push something away from you, stir it counterclockwise. When you're done, drink your coffee and start your day and your spell is activated. Think of it this way, too. You are not limited to performing this spell only the first thing in the morning. We all discover throughout the day that we have those little needs that might be taken care of by a little bit of magic. So depending on what you want or need at any given time, you can use it throughout your day by just grabbing another cup of coffee or something else to drink and a spoon. Before we go, we would like to present you with a tip or trick or witchy hint. Just something to make your day go better, because we live in a mixture of the magical and the mundane. Today's tip, trick, or witchy hint is just another way to consider the concept of as above, so below, and how we try always to connect our own microcosm, our spiritual, physical, mental self, or sacred three, with the macrocosm that is the external divine of the universe and all of its glorious creations. When you think about it, any time you are doing ritual, you are trying to at least use in some way, shape, or fashion the four physical elements and spirit. 
and your body alone by itself contains all of them. When you breathe in and out, you are taking in air, so you are part of the element of air. For fire, I like to think of those little mitochondria, those powerhouse engines in our cells that are constantly producing energy for all of the processes that keep us alive, moving, and doing. I was recalled to the idea of mitochondria recently because I have a grandchild who was studying for a biology midterm. So I'm well aware of all the parts of the cell again. When you think about water, it is the blood moving through your body at all times, pumping oxygen and creating those connections internally to the various systems. And finally, the physical element of Earth can be easily represented by our body and bone, as we like to call it. Whether you think of it in terms of your skeletal structure, which are made of all sorts of minerals similar to the Earth itself, or your body itself, it is a physical representation of Earth. And finally, those of us on the path believe that we all contain an internal spark of the divine, which is our spirit, soul, personal essence, however you think of it, that longs for connection with the external divine or the macrocosm, that divine creative force of the universe and all of its wonders. So for just a minute today, Think of how you are the four physical elements and spirit, a microcosm of the universe itself, and rejoice. You are connected. Another thought that I had regarding this whole idea is that very often in ritual, we create an altar. And I've been kind of obsessing about altars because I like to have small ones all over my home. And being displaced by a house fire, I don't have the little items and bits and bobs and pieces that I have collected to make my various altars around the house. So I was feeling a bit disconnected. And then I recognized that I don't need them because in essence, I can take my physical self anywhere and have all the pieces that I would normally put on an altar. My body can be the altar. So I can literally go outside or anywhere else I choose and do ritual and not even need all those tools and tchotchkes and cute little things that we collect because I have them all with me all the time. So today, take a minute, think about this if you want, connect it to your various parts for a moment and recognize that you are a living, breathing microcosm that represents the universe itself in its own way. Well, it looks like the coffee cups are empty for this week. We hope you join us again next Tuesday, but you can find us at our website, twoyoungcrones.com. That's the number two, Young Crones. We'd love to have you join our growing online Discord community. Check out our new Patreon presence. Just look for Young Crones Cafe. Through Patreon, you'll be able to make it to our Discord. We are also Young Crones Cafe on Twitter and Facebook. Until then, remember, we are witches who work with energies to affect change. We are believers in both imminent and transcendent divine. We are celebrants of the passage of the solar and lunar cycles. We are hedge walkers who pass back and forth between the worlds of the magical and the mundane. We are seekers of knowledge. And we are walkers of a spiritual tradition we call the path. So mode it be. So mode it be.